Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for July the 17th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, it is your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. And today we are talking more about The Last of Us Part 2 because it is officially Sony's second biggest US launch ever. We'll talk about that first one as well. The Last of Us Part 2 recorded the second biggest launch month ever for a Sony published game in the US. That is according to market research firm MPD Group, which said on Friday that Naughty Dog's game only trailed fellow PS4 exclusive Marvel Spider-Man in terms of first month dollar sales. However, The Last of Us Part 2 was available for just 16 days during NPD's June 2020 tracking period, whereas Spider-Man was available for 30 days during its September 2018 reporting period. Asked which game he thought would have come out on top had they been available for the same length of time, NPD analyst Matt Piscatella said he could only comment publicly on monthly totals. The Last of Us Part 2 is now the third best-selling game of 2020 in the US and the eighth best-selling title of the past 12 months. Following its release on June the 19th, The Last of Us Part 2 sales cleared 4 million copies worldwide in 3 days, making it the fastest selling PS4 exclusive to date. On the hardware front, Nintendo Switch was once again the best selling console in the US in June in both unit and dollar sales according to NPD. Very impressive totals coming out uh, regarding The Last of Us Part 2 sales, and I will say that this game has an incredible amount of momentum right out of the gate, uh, but when it comes to the longevity of a title, I think that Spider-Man is still going to take the cake, and I'll explain more, uh, because Spider-Man is a household name, it is a very recognizable entity, uh, and so whenever you have Grandma around the holidays rolling through Walmart looking for a present for little Tim Bob, she's probably going to be more familiar with the Spider-Man brand and be more willing to pick that up as compared to The Last of Us. Uh, now that is not to undermine the popularity of The Last of Us or the recognition uh, that the games do deserve because both of those elements are very, very strong. Uh, the Last of Us is certainly a very well-known gaming franchise, but outside of gaming, it's still relatively lesser known. Now that could change with the new series that is going to be coming soon. The Last of Us is inevitably uh, going to be growing as a popular entity over time, but I do not believe it is ever going to be able to overtake uh, some of these other titles to become the best selling PS4 exclusive of all time. That's just my two cents. I could be proven wrong, uh, but I certainly think it is going to be one for the record books when it comes to the top five lists uh, that come out in the long term a few years down the road. Uh, regardless, I loved the game. There were some plot points here and there that were a bit iffy, but overall uh, a very impressive game easily in my top five games of all time that I have played, maybe even breaking my top three. Uh, the gameplay itself is beautiful, the detail in the world is stunning. If you haven't played The Last of Us Part 2, I highly recommend at some point giving it a playthrough. Very much so, a good game. But of course, whenever the game came out, there was a bit of controversy that has led to a new decision from Metacritic, which is now making users wait 36 hours before posting reviews. Weeks after The Last of Us Part 2 was review bombed on Metacritic, the video game review aggregation website now hires people, excuse me, requires people to wait more than a day after a game's release to submit their personal reviews. 
Metacritic publicizes two review scores for any game, the Metascore based on critic reviews and the user score based on reviews submitted to the site by random Metacritic users. In the past, users could begin posting their scores for games as soon as they released, without necessarily even having had time to actually play them. Now, Metacritic has confirmed to Kotaku that it's implemented a new waiting period to try and cut back on the number of obviously erroneous user reviews. We recently implemented the 36-hour waiting period for all user reviews in our game section to ensure our gamers have time to play these games before writing their reviews, a spokesperson for the site told Kotaku in an email. This new waiting period for user reviews has been rolled out across Metacritic's game section and was based on data-driven research and with input from the critics and industry experts. Uh, this is obviously the right choice to make. Uh, it makes perfect sense in the long term, and in a way it's almost like uh, whenever an embargo is being held on Twitter and critics can't say much about a game, uh, if you are not a professional in the gaming industry whose job it is to literally review games, you should probably not water down the reviews whenever they first come out and actually hear what critics that have built a career around rating video games have to say. Now that's not to say that your entire opinion is going to be held back for a long period of time, uh, but if you can wait three days, yeah, that'd be great, and I really don't think that is that big of a deal uh, in the grand scheme of the overall rating system and the decision that people are going to be making uh, based off of the Metacritic scores. Uh, because if you, for instance, want to buy Ghost of Tsushima and you are interested in the game, there's a solid chance that if you are already invested in the game, you probably won't even check reviews anyway. And if you are interested in checking reviews, you might not get it within the first day, two days, three days after release. Uh, so if you want to wait on the user reviews, you can certainly do so. Or if you're on social media, you can just tune into the conversation and see what people are saying. Uh, it's as simple as that. But I think this certainly does fight back against review bombing. In the long term, though, I don't know how effective uh, this new policy is going to be against a slew of negative reviews coming in from people that haven't even played the game. Because ultimately, that's what video game reviews are meant to be. If you haven't played the game, you shouldn't be reviewing. That's why there are many games that I talk about here on the channel that I am never going to review. Because everything that we discuss, I cannot play. That's just the nature of the beast. Uh, but a lot of people don't see reviews that way. For a lot of people, it is a way to voice their dissatisfaction with what a game may be representing or to voice uh, their dissatisfaction with a move that a company makes. And forums are a place for that. Reddit is a place for that. Twitter is a place for that. Reviews are not. They should not be tainted with that. But moving on, Microsoft looks to be switching things up on their online service offering because they are no longer selling 12-month Xbox Live Gold subscriptions. Fueling speculation, the service could be repackaged or phased out for the Xbox Series X. Microsoft has stopped selling 12-month Xbox Live Gold subscriptions, fueling speculation that the long-running service could be repackaged or phased out to coincide with the Xbox Series X launch this holiday season. While the platform holder is no longer offering an annual Xbox Live Gold membership option, one- and three-month subscriptions are still available. At this time, Xbox has decided to remove the 12-month Xbox Live Gold SKU from the Microsoft Online Store, a company spokesperson told Inverse. Customers can still sign up for a one-month or three-month Xbox Live Gold subscription online through the Microsoft Store.
12-month gold subscriptions are still available to purchase online elsewhere for the time being. Xbox Live Gold is required to play Xbox games online. It also offers members two or four free games every month and discounts of up to 50% on Xbox One products via the Microsoft Store. July's Xbox Live games with gold titles do include WRC 8 FIA World Rally Championship, I think it's actually FIA World Rally Championship, uh, Dunk Lords, Saints Row 2, and Juju, none of which I'm downloading. Uh, but last year, Microsoft began bundling Xbox Live Gold with Game Pass, which offers access to over 100 console and PC games in the form of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which cost $14.99 per month. I certainly think this is going to be the way of the road for Xbox Live Gold. Uh, it makes much more sense to bundle these services together into one big Xbox Game Pass brand uh, than it is for Xbox Live Gold to continue existing a la carte because the price itself uh, isn't necessarily that much cheaper. Uh, now, for those that are still holding out and only using Xbox Live Gold, I understand the draw of that, uh, but if Microsoft was to consolidate uh, and to include Xbox Live Gold for free potentially with an Xbox Game Pass membership, you're still paying 10 bucks a month if you just get the console version and 15 if you get the PC version, if my math is correct on that. Uh, and so, all things considered, the amount of value you get uh, is much, much higher than that of Xbox Live Gold, and I think uh, that that additional investment probably wouldn't be that big of a jump for a lot of people to make. On top of that, between generations, there tends to be this expectation of prices going up. In the same way that many people have heard that games could cost $70 and not much of a ruckus has been raised, you are going to be seeing that services might choose to uh, be bumped up a bit in price by their owners and their operators. I'm not saying that's happening, but it's something that is entirely plausible because this is a pretty good uh, pivot point, uh, for lack of a better term, that could give companies an excuse to go ahead and boost up their cost. Uh, but overall, it looks like some changes are afoot and we could be hearing more on July the 23rd. Probably not, but definitely keep an ear to the ground in the coming weeks and months as we get closer to the Xbox Series X. But Twitch is bringing radio to your face. What a headline that one is. Uh, not that SEO friendly, but it certainly did grab the attention. Twitch, home to popular esports streamers, is partnering with Radio.com, parent Intercom, for interactive live streams of sports radio stations in major cities in the U.S. The partnership, first reported by Variety, will see popular Radio.com sports stations in Boston, New York, Chicago, Atlanta, and Dallas, as well as Detroit, live streamed through the dedicated branded channels on the Twitch platform. VP David Rosenblum said the partnership would introduce traditional sports broadcasting to a new generation of sports fans. Twitch is not just a hub for esports streamers anymore, and Twitch has begun expanding its content offerings on the platform to include other entertainment as well. Jane Wheaton, director of New Verticals at Twitch, said in a statement that Twitch has in recent years seen a growing community of sports fans on the platform. Quit, excuse me, quote, Twitch is the place where people come to connect and engage over their shared interest, and you'll be hard-pressed to find a group of people more passionate than sports fans, Whedon said in a statement. With the addition of sports radio, on-air talent and fans will be able to interact and discuss their favorite athletes, teams, and leagues with one another in real time. Whedon added that, as with the long-cherished call-in format of talk radio stations, which, how do you do, fellow olds, Twitch's users will be able to join in on the conversation with Twitch's chat feature.
The broadcasting partnership arrives at a very uncertain time for sports as COVID-19 pummels the industry and sports stadiums remain a no-go for the foreseeable future. But radio still has plenty of opportunities to keep fans connected to the teams they love, including with analysis and exclusive interviews, and especially for dedicated fan communities like uh, the Red Sox and Yankees fan base. Live streamed sports radio certainly doesn't replace the joy of sitting in the sands in an IRL battlefield, excuse me, ball field, a thing I am personally missing a lot right now, the author says. Uh, personally, can't remember the last time I went to a sports game, but that's just me. Uh, so, very strange partnership here. And although this is inevitably going to get an audience of sports fans and it will be effective, uh, I can't help but feel this is a continuing uh, disintegration of Twitch as we have come to know it over the years. Whenever it was Justin.TV, it was all about streaming video games. I remember when Twitch required you to play a game. Just chatting wasn't a thing. Talk shows weren't a thing. You just had video game streaming. And that's when it was beautiful. That's when many people say that it hit its peak. But as time has gone on, you see video game streaming remaining a prominent part of the platform, uh, but just chatting has grown huge in popularity. Now you have watch parties where Amazon Prime movies can be streamed to an audience and discussed together. Uh, you have this sports movement. You see many, many talk shows that are coming out. You see people dancing, doing art, musical performances. There are so many elements of Twitch now that it's kind of losing its original identity. And this isn't to say that that's good or that's bad. I'm just pointing out the obvious that this is not the Twitch that we grew up on throughout the years. But if you're a sports fan, congratulations, because you are going to be getting some sports radio coming your way. And to round out today's show, Gamer Girl, the first ever improvised FMV game, has its trailer pulled. But thanks to Slasher on Twitter, it lives on. The trailer for Gamer Girl has since been seemingly pulled from YouTube as the video embedded below will no longer play. It attracted significant controversy when initially available. Publisher Wales Interactive said in a series of tweets that the game seeks to raise awareness toward online abuse. They say, quote, Gamer Girl is about the impact user comments and actions have on a streamer's mental health and well-being. The reason why FMV Future created the game was to raise the issue of toxic environments, which can often appear online behind the anonymity of a username. Wales Interactive, the publisher behind FMV games like The Complex and Late Shift, has announced a new FMV title called Gamer Girl, and it's unlike anything we've seen before. The game, which is coming to PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One in September, lets you play as a popular streamer's chat moderator and personal contact. The game is being developed by FMV Future, famous for The Bunker. It will be up to you to handle a chat log and maintain personal contact with the streamer, AbbyCake99, and you will make decisions about the post and her chat, respond to DMs from her, and work to help Abby succeed. She can fire you if you mess up. Interestingly, this is also being positioned as the first improvised FMV game, with the press release drawing comparisons to found footage movies like The Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity. Part of the game will involve protecting Abby from a predator and following her as she takes her streaming into dangerous real-world scenarios. You can watch the trailer above via Slasher's Twitter, uh, and let me tell you, what is this? I, I don't know. You guys won't be able to see everything. Actually, I'm not going to show this on stream because it has been taken down. I don't want to get a copyright strike. Uh, but this is very weird, and I'll tell you why it's weird. It's not the concept, but it's the meaning behind it. 
you're essentially a moderator that is controlling this girl's live stream and you kind of direct her and her actions to make her do specific things and it feels very gross i don't want to control somebody and it's strange to imagine that somebody sits there at their computer pretending that they're moderating a twitch streamer's stream and then navigating their decisions to in a sense i suppose utilize their resources to control somebody's life it's gross and i don't like it uh but uh it's coming out hypothetically have not heard much else after the trailer was leaked or i should say posted by the official playstation youtube account uh but it is happening if you for some reason want to uh go ahead and experience that one but that rounds out this week's episode of the Jam Pack Report, or I should say this week's episodes, because you can go back and check out the four other ones for Monday through Thursday. But I appreciate you taking the time to check out today's show. If you enjoyed it, be sure to drop me a like down below and let me know what stories caught your eye and what you think about today's topics. But until next time, you guys have a fantastic rest of your night. I'll talk to you soon and peace.